everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning all. Today we watched episode 5, The Dark Knights. I have so many questions, but... What, what are some of them? Why? Name three. Okay, why, how, and who... Like, are they real people? No. It, it almost seemed like research was done. The real... They were, the queens were real. The queens were real. Okay. The knights, however... <laughs> the big knights. Real. Yeah. Probably a bit big to be real. Is it this or my other podcast where we talked about the big knights a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. I think it may have been your other it one. It was this one, definitely, yeah. Because oh, okay. we talked about Brian Blessed, too. There you go. Yep. Anyway, episode five, The Dark Knights. The Dark Knights. Shall we just get into our recap? Oh, let's do it. Let's okay. Do it. So we open with brief history of the town they've travelled to, Wind Knight's Lot. Which I honestly thought was a real place for a very short time there. <laughs> we learned that it was founded in the medieval times. Wait, was it a coal mining town? Before that, it was to train knights. That's right. And then it became a coal mining town. Where prisoners mine the coal. Yeah. Ooh. I think that still happens, potentially. I mean, it's not a real place, apparently, so... The dub very much seemed to imply that it still happens. I didn't get that impression from the sub, though. Okay, alright. Well, maybe they use prisoners, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we still mine coal with prisoners. And it has a town of a population of 517. But how many of them would survive the night? Do do do. OP. <laughs> Just... Everyone's gonna die. Any observations from the OP you wanted to bring up this time? Okay, you know how I was saying when we were sitting there that I thought all these bits were sort of not literal because like he's walking, Dio walking up, up the wall. wall with fire all around him. Definitely literal. Yep. And then him like being like a Super Saiyan, just becoming a god among Jojo. Men. Yeah, Jojo becoming something more. Yeah, we'll get to that point in a couple of episodes. Yeah, and I thought, okay, well that's not literal, and now I'm like. Oh, it's literal. <laughs> it's so literal. So, this episode begins what I've started, sort of started mentally calling Jojo's Dark Souls Adventure, where we sort of abandon the Victorian aesthetic of the last few episodes, and it all gets a bit sort of medieval gothic-y. Okay, so, so exactly like Dark Souls. Yeah, like knights and castles and... Uh, Dudes that are too big for their own good. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> it has been a bit... Dark Soulsy with those two coming up now. Granted, I have been playing a lot of Dark Souls lately, so maybe it's just on the mind. Yeah, maybe but also, like, there's sort of vague thematic similarities in that how in Dark Souls you go through all these areas associated with, like, the creation myth of that world, and they've all fallen into ruin, and maybe sort of part one is also the sort of creation monomyth of the JoJo universe, too. So you're saying that this is the bit that Dark Souls didn't go into, but in JoJo's... Bizarre I guess adventure. so, yeah. Okay. I don't know, I'm not sure what I'm driving at. It's JoJo. But it gives me sort of... Dark Souls. The next few episodes give me a... If Dark Souls was allowed to be wacky feel to it. If Dark Souls wasn't dark. Yeah, Fab Souls. Souls. Yeah, Fab Souls. Could you imagine if a game called JoJo's Souls came out? I'd play it. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how all over a FromSoft JoJo world, I, uh, JoJo game I'd beat. Man, it would be so good. So good. Starring Michael Wilson... As I mean, the president this... of the United States. <laughs> because he'd need to be. Well, he, that's what he is. Yeah. You know uh, Metal Wolf Chaos? Oh, yeah. That game? Oh, yeah. The president 
The president needs to save America. Anyway, Jojo. Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Having abandoned their carriage in the tunnel in the previous episode, our, our trio of heroes walk into Wind Knight's lot. They pass some farmers. Zapelli really meaningfully glances at the camera. Just really gets in there. Yeah. Which is quite terrifying. And then suddenly, a, a boy in the brushes cuts a rope and slingshots himself past them and grabs their grabs their bag and lands in a lake. Extremely spry for a small cup purse. Yeah. So says the Baron. <laughs> He was extremely spry. Oh, before that happened, um, sorry, uh, Zapelli gut-punched Speedwagon. Oh, yeah, because he wanted uh, a little bit of hum on. Yeah, he wanted to try to learn it. <laughs> and then his finger slipped. His finger slipped. I've always interpreted that as the, yeah. I don't like you, I'm just going to punch you. Yeah, he was just like, can you stop asking me for free superpowers? And then, oh, whoopsie-daisy, I tried to move, but your momentum carried you. Cough, cough. So then Poco lands in the lake. We find out his name is Poco later. He sucks. Um, I just... Is it Poco or Poco? P-O-C-O. But that doesn't answer the question. Posso. Posso. Okay, immediately when I saw him, I just went, oh, God. What a little shit. Yeah, just why? So he lands in the lake and... Speedwagon is like, that kid stole all our money. That's not even an attempt at an English accent anymore. <laughs> That's just you talking. Yeah. Uh, Jojo and Zapelli are rather unfazed. It's like, that was a good idea of his. We should follow him. I found it remarkable they were like, what a spry young lad. Yeah. He's got, he's got real moxie. Yeah, he's got a good future ahead of him So as a thief. Zapelli starts walking across the water. Okay, here's the thing, right? He doesn't just walk. He does, like, this thing. Yeah, he... He's, like, got his arms up and he's got his hands down doing little flapping motions with them. Yeah. As he's, like, lifting his knees up. Ha, ha. Oh. Yeah, he's really getting to that harm and flow. Yeah. Jojo also does it, but he's somewhat less effectual and he's, he sinks up to, like, his shins in the water. He's more of a brute. <laughs> you know, he could probably just be swimming he doesn't have, at that point. He doesn't have the experience. Yeah. There's a bit in um, the dub where Zapelli says something like, Jojo, you should concentrate your ham on more or you, and you won't get your pants wet. Which comes back to what we were talking about last time with how he was standing in the um, standing in the stream and maybe using ham on to protect his pants. Ah. And I assume Speedwagon just swam across. Yeah, Speedwagon was just like, uh, I'll get across somehow. Yeah. He's just there going, they have such skill as he's swimming. Yeah. Like, dramatically. He's swimming and also monologuing at the same time, <laughs> so it's slowing him down. It's like he just stops and has, like, one of those, like, mosaic things behind yeah. him. A lot of monologuing in this episode. There is a lot. Mostly monologuing, I'd An say. Incredible amount of monologuing. So they get to the other side of the cliff and poke, I mean, the other side of the lake, and Poco's cl climbed a cliff. A very sharp cliff that will disappear later. <laughs> yeah, the geography totally changes once the sun goes down. Yeah, it's very terrifying. It's almost Dark Soulsy in New Orleans. No, no, I'm just kidding. So Jojo punches the, the cliffside with, with Ripple. Well, he does this weird, really fast thing. Like a back then, fist. And then he immediately retracts it, but the image of his arm is still still there. Anime bullshit. Oh no, it has to be meaningful. So a ripple goes up through the rocks and they're like, do you think I hit the, uh, do you think I'm standing in the right spot, Baron? I'd wager two pounds you take two steps to your left. And then what do you know? Boom, shocks Poco. Yep, Poco falls and Jojo catches him and we find out that Poco was also hypnotised or something and yeah, the ripple snapped him out of his trance. Magically happened, apparently. Dio would have done it. Yeah, but at the same time, there was no allusion to the fact that he was even remotely hypnotised. It was just him being a little shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was hypnotised. Yeah, yeah. What What happened? I'm so sorry. And then tries to seal his I'm body. not in control of my own actions. <laughs> You're literally rubbing me right now. <laughs> we also got the beautiful nice cat. Yes. A lot of gratuitous English from... 
Zapelli. Which is what I was talking about last week, how um, in the dub, they changed that all to Italian. Oh, so all those bits where he's like, nice catch. Yeah, it's all in I can't remember what he said in English, but... Yeah. Interesting. So the sun suddenly goes down and the moon is high in the sky. Oh, also the cliff is just gone. It's been replaced with a bunch of like rock spires. And standing at the top of one of those spires, who is it? It's Dion. (gasps) Dion. My God. And he's perfectly in the moonlight. They realise they're standing in the middle of a graveyard and a bunch of zombie knights grab their legs. Uh, yeah, the the whole graveyard thing got to me because I thought they were standing right next to the cliff. (laughs) And it turns out they're next to the lake and the cliff is way over there (laughs) past the graveyard. And the graveyard wasn't even remotely seen before this point in time. The Speedwagon has a bit of a freak out. They're going to fight some zombies in a bit. There's uh, another manga difference here where Speedwagon gets a sledgehammer and fights some zombies. But they cut it off for time, I assume. That's why later he'll have a sledgehammer. Later, he'll just have a sledgehammer. Pretty Don't much. look too much into it. He'll just have a sledgehammer. Yeah. That's his harmon. Zapelli and Jojo clan on some Zambos. Some Zambos. Yep. Uh, Jojo's carrying Poco in his back this whole time because he's strong as an ox. Still naive, though. Still extremely naive. Still thinks he was hypnotised. <laughs> he was, he was. Aww. Jojo uses the zoom punch. I think this episode is the last time we see the zoom punch. Um. Yeah, he tries to do the zoom punch and then... The dude with the hair. Well, that's, that hasn't happened yet. Oh. You're, getting, you're getting way ahead of ourselves. Oh, okay, all right. He just uses the zoom punch. Yeah, he punches a zombie. Zapelli starts smack-talking Dio, but he's not smack-talking him. He's smack-talking the mask, even though the mask isn't alive. Wait, wasn't he smack-talking him, but because of the mask? So he was like, I'm not saying this because of you. I'm saying this because of the mask. So you're going to die. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he goes, hey, baby. Yeah, what? Why did he go, hey, baby? Just for style. In the dub, he says, hey, bambino. Why? Why would you do that? He's got moxie. Dio then, like, flexes his hand and shoots pure hatred at them, and they're, they're somewhat unnerved by it. Yeah, it's pure hatred. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, but in a very terrifying, vampiric way. Dio's like, why should I come down and crawl in the mud with you insects? I am the pinnacle of creation. Yeah, he feels a bit above everyone else at this yeah. point in time, in case you didn't know from the last two episodes. And this banter also brings us to what I think is our fourth Jojo meme. Oh no, here uh, we go. So Zapelli asks him, oh, Dio reveals that he's healed all but one of his wounds through feeding on people. And Zapelli asks him, how many people did it? Did you have to kill to, to heal those wounds? And in the thing we watched, he says, uh, how many slices of bread have you eaten? Oh! But there's a notorious bad translation where it's like, how many breads have you eaten? (laughs) How many breads did you eat today? Uh, Six breads. Yeah. So with their smack talking done, uh, Zapelli jumps up into the air to fight Dio. We get a sweet tableau of Dio arching his back so you can't see his head and holding his palm out as Zapelli is in the sky, punching his palm, and it's all backdropped against the moon. See, that I thought was very Renaissance-esque. Okay. Because, like, you know the, you know that, um... Okay, this is going to sound really dumb, but you remember that photo that was taken maybe a couple of years ago of, I think it was, like, some parliament house? Yes, the brawl in, I yeah. want to say, Russian parliament? Possibly. And they were all fighting each other, but it looked like a Renaissance painting? Yeah. So... From that, entire memes have been created, or just like... The DNA of the soul. Called Accidental Renaissance, where it follows the golden ratio, or it has extreme amounts of detail, like all Renaissance art. So that one shot made me think, oh man, they're arching their backs in such a way that makes me think (laughs) of the golden ratio. Interesting. I just thought it looked really Renaissance of them to be like, oh. 
and then just have a guy coming in like that, arching like that. It's just, yeah, really interesting. Okay. But just very accidental. Yeah, yeah. So, for an instant, Jojo thinks that Zapelli has won and that the Ripple is going to destroy Dio, and it seems to be flowing up his arm, but then Dio's arm, like, flexes in this unnatural way, and his hand freezes over. Almost vampirically. Uh, this is another thing, this is probably the only manga anime change I'm aware of that significantly alters the story, because... In the manga, Wang Chung told Dio about the ripple, so he started doing this ice, learning this ice thing to right. like figure out a way to survive it. Right, but Dio just says he has absolute control over. Yeah, his whereas in this, he just is like, "Oh, I see they're doing that. I'll just free, I'll just vaporize all the moisture in his arm, so that there was a sudden intake of heat, which counteracted the ripple, and also." freezed up Zippelli's arm, something awful. Mm. The laws of thermodynamics are definitely preserved here, people. Vampires. <laughs> Vampires. Yep. It's quite interesting how, like, the internal logic is always consistent as well. Yeah. Like, like one like... thing just builds onto another. Well, it's the anime, anime problem of having to explain everything you do. Yeah. But just, this does it extremely well. Extremely well. So Dio thinks that he's about to destroy Zapelli, and it looks like he's going to. He goes in for the finishing blow, but then Jojo leaps into the sky, still carrying Poco on his back. And I assume they must adjust their positions so they're all standing on that rock spire. Otherwise, Jojo and Zapelli are just floating there for quite some time. Yeah, they're floating in the air for a good, like, couple minutes. Yeah, we get this really, really cool shot where I think first Dio is externally monologuing, then Zapelli is internally monologuing, and it's just spinning around, and, like, you see all their faces over and over again, backdropped against a, an ever-shifting void of colour. So good. So good. And everything just is constantly getting explained in terms of motivations. Yeah. Half of this episode... Is just motivation. Yeah, pretty much. We learn why... Well, Zapelli talks about why he wants to destroy the mask again. We learn the upcoming night's motivations in great detail. Oh, man. Half the episode is just that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, when Jojo blocks the finishing blow... With, a ha like, an open hand. Yeah, his uh, his fingerless glove disintegrates. Ooh. Have you noticed? No, I didn't notice so now that. he only has one. Ooh. Intriguing. Upgraded his douchiness, like, <laughs> tenfold. With his no glove, he now has the power of fewer gloves. <laughs> and his, his palm gets cut up quite bad as a it result. It does, it does, yeah. Although, was that because of the freezing, or was that just the punch? Yeah, that was the freezing. Like how Zapelli's arm had these big, like... Giant gashes. Yeah. It's also extremely swollen at this point. Yeah, and frostbitten. Yeah. So they, they managed to get back down on ground. And so Zapelli and Speedwagon spend the rest of this episode basically intimately close to each other with a lot of steam around yeah, because Speedwagon shows his quality to Zapelli by being like, oh no, we need to get some heat on your arm. Don't worry, my steaming hot abs will... We'll warm it up. I love that he just turns red hot. Yeah. As soon as he's trying to get him in there. He holds his Zapelli's arm against his yeah, and then bare he just chest. Goes all red. And you're sitting there going, Wow, okay. He explains that um he used to travel quite a bit and in his travels he learned that in the Arctic or whatever, if someone got frostbite, they would cut open a seal and put the frostbitten part in there so his blubber would warm it. So he's doing the, his equivalent to that. Except with his abs yep. and not going inside of him, but just holding it on his red hot steaming body. So we get a lot of shots of like a red filter and a lot of smoke or steam and they're like, their faces are right up in each other and they're both sweating and it looks very, very yaoi. I mean, it's incredibly manly. You're just sitting there going, they are men doing manly things. I have a speedway quote. With all due respect, I'd be buggered before I let you or Jojo come to harm while I can lend a hand. The best translations. Light homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> Speak back in. 
So Dio is like, this is beneath me. I'm going to summon some knights to kill you. He's just, he's very arrogant, this Dio. Yeah. I feel like he's getting more arrogant the more he becomes vampiric. Yeah, that makes sense. He's getting more powerful. Yeah, he he stops seeing himself as human. And he stops seeing himself as having the limitations of humanity. Yeah. Ergo, he's gaining the problems of humanity. Okay. The hubris and arrogance of man. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's an astute observation. Mm. So really, he's becoming everything that he wanted to avoid. So, these two knights... They're Ornstein and Smog. They really are. <laughs> they really are. A small, are. fast one and a big, fat, giant, hulking one. Yeah. Um, no, their names are... Well, it seems that both in the subtitles we watched and in the dub, they've been translated as Tarukus and Bluford. Yeah. But I've always read them translated as Tarkus and Bruford, which I prefer because musical references. Yeah, that does make a lot more sense. So, Tarkus, second album by um, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know, but I'm going to say yes. Sure. Just because. Uh, the album was named after the... Uh, it was like sort of concept album thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was named after the creature on its cover, which was an armadillo with tank treads and a cannon. And the album sort of tells the story of Tarkus, the armadillo creature. and with event- tank treads and a cannon. Yeah. He goes on a journey and fights a manticore, <laughs> and he's destroyed. But then the last song is Aqua Tarkus, as he reveals his new aquatic form. <laughs> That is fantastic. Uh, the name is apparently derived from an amalgamation of the word Tartarus, which is a biblical thing meaning ah. place of punishment, and carcass. Right. Which seems appropriate for this undead knight, sort of cursed to be an undead warrior who wants to destroy humanity. Yeah, and Tarkus is the giant hulking one yeah. as well. So yeah. it makes sense that it sort of thieves into, oh yeah, he's an armadillo with tank treads and a cannon. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's just a giant hulking dude that's impervious to anything. And Bruford is likely, or possibly named after um, Bill Bruford, I think his name is. The drummer for Yes, Genesis... Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about because he's incredible. Yeah, I've only heard speculation on that, but it seems probable. It seems very probable. Yeah. I mean, when did Moving Pictures come out? I don't know. Ooh, many questions. (laughs) Surely Moving Pictures came out by the time JoJo had come around and Moving Pictures was like their big album. Okay, right. Wait, wait, I'm thinking of Rush. (laughs) Also, Tarkus is possibly referenced in Dark Souls. There's a character you can summon for the fight in Sen's Fortress against the I Am Golem called Iron Tarkus, oh, who's this big knight with yeah, with a giant hecka armor and a big shield. Yeah, and yeah. he just doesn't die. He's great. So I think that's a potential reference made of Jojo. What? So do you think that Tarkus would be a Jojo's reference in Dark Souls? I think it's possible. Okay. A Japanese game. Yeah, true, true. I mean, it could also just be a Tarkus reference. Yeah, but Dark Souls isn't really known for its musical references, <laughs> is it? No, not really. And Orlando isn't really an album name, is it? Could be. Well, now it would be. Justin McElroy um, of My Brother, My Brother and Me and Polygon.com has a song on his YouTube channel that he sings about how he always dies in An Orlando. It's pretty good. Man, we always die in An Orlando. Bruford. Bruford. He is the first Jojo villain with prehensile hair. Oh God, I'm so excited now. <laughs> he's sort of like, I guess, a sort of dark parallel to Jojo in that like he's another knight, but he's... He, but he's filled he with fought, hate. He fought for a righteous cause and was destroyed. Mm. And now he's, he's been corrupted by Dio's... His desire to just kill everything, basically. Whereas, as I think we'll learn in a few episodes, Bruford is just kind of an ass. I mean, Tarkus is just kind of an ass. Tarkus just kind of started off being a bit of a dickhead, then died, and now he's kind of a dickhead. <laughs> They're also kind of inconsistently characterised too, though, because in this episode alone, we see in their flashback, they are like sort of noble knights. But then in... The fight, Zapelli describes Bruford as like the Black Knight who fought without no- without mercy. 
Oh, I imagine what they mean by that is that back then, when he was still a bodyguard, he was willing to do anything. Right. Even if it meant his own life. So if it was, like, without mercy, they're probably referencing the fact that he would just do anything for this woman. Yes, so Jojo tries to zoom punch Bruford. And I think this is the last zoom punch we see. Oh, but it was such a good concept. <laughs> Bruford catches the zoom punch with his hair and starts drinking Jojo's blood through it. Mm-hmm. And Jojo thinks, oh, maybe if he's drinking my blood through his hair, it will channel the ripple. But it doesn't. It, it just doesn't. Now, mid-fight, we get the flashback where the narrator explains that everyone knows the story of Tarkus and Bruford. Except the viewer. Yes. Who we will enlighten. So they were vassals under Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary Stuart, I believe her yes. name was. Yes. Real historical figure. Who who was this Mary Stewart? So basically, she was... Oh god, you're putting the iPad down. (laughs) She and Elizabeth were, I both think, potential heirs to Henry VIII. Okay. But Henry VIII's will gave everything to Elizabeth and, like, disclaimed... Mary's lineage Right But because of the Split from Catholicism thing He did Because he wanted to Divorce various wives Or whatever mm-hmm. Mary's Scottish Slash Catholic roots Meant that a lot of people Still preferred her for queen So there was a lot of Conflict there So people wanted Mary But they got Elizabeth Well some people did Oh okay Maybe that's why These guys are so filled with hate Because Mary Because they're Catholics <laughs> Yeah Basically <laughs> They got a lot of Catholic guilt going on <laughs> Just a lot of repressed anger. Yeah. yeah. No, um, so as the episode explains, uh, Mary's w- husband dies, and at least the way the episode tells it, Elizabeth uses this to turn public opinion against Mary and has her tried for his murder. Yeah, yeah. And then those two get caught up in the whole... They try to, like, yeah. they try to, like, go on this big old rampage to rescue her, but then Elizabeth, who looks so smug the way she's animated in yeah, this... Yeah, she's very like, <laughs> would you like to come in today? Even though she's probably... She's like, oh, ho, 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 ho. She does that anime posh woman laugh. Yeah. And she's just sitting there going... If you, if you surrender and face trial, I'll set Mary free. And they're like, like, yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, I don't understand why they just went, yeah, all right, why not? Yeah. suppose that's fair. And then went along with it, not even... Because they were honourable at the time. And naive, like Jonathan. True, they are naive. Yes. Then, as they're being executed, the headsman is like, oh, by the way, look over there. There's Mary's body. We already killed her. And they go, what? what? Curse you, Queen Elizabeth. We'll curse you forever. Yeah. And they get their heads chopped off. Eventually. Eventually. They so we see, off. like, a few broken axes on the ground, and the narrator tells us that uh, that Tarkus's neck was so stiff with fury that he, he broke several axes. axes. Yeah. And that... Bruford's hair struck out and lacerated the uh, the headsman who was trying to execute him. Was it his feet? I think so, yeah. So I guess that was sort of the, the beginning of his... Supernatural. No, because power. he talked about having prehensile hair back when he was alive. This is something they go into more detail in with the manga, but he talks about how they would do these night trials of the 77 rings, and only, like, three or four people had survived his secret hair sneak attack. So I guess that's just something he can do. Oh, okay. He doesn't have a pretty luxurious mane. Well, not anymore. No. Back then. Tasty. So he, yes, the the hair thing. He He he, just has prehensile hair. Jojo punches his own hand with his other hand with the scarlet red overdrive. Second colour that we've mentioned now. Yep. After sunlight yellow. Sunlight yellow and now scarlet red. Or is it just scarlet? I imagine it's just scarlet. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Scarlet overdrive. So his moxie impresses Bruford. So Bruford's like, Lord Dio, I petition him you for the right for single combat with Jonathan. And Dio's think... like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm going to float backwards, then disappear. Yeah, yeah, this is when Dio's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go make some more uh, zombies then. So peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> so your prediction was not was pretty much on the right path, how Dio wants to create a zombie army. He's going to create a zombie army, and they're all going to be named after, like, bands, aren't they? Yeah, Emerson, yes. Lake, and Palmer. Yes! <laughs> all Emerson, Lake, and Palmer albums. 
Yeah, so they fight, and Jonathan, uh, Bruford jumps at Jonathan with both his hands behind his back. Oh no, where's he going to attack me from? Is he going to use his left hand or his right hand, or is he going to kick? And then, shocking everyone, he uses his sneak hair attack. He uses his hair to draw his sword and slashes at Jonathan. Magnificent. We had a modicum of reality yeah. a while it's ago. It's all gone out the window it's now. It's all gone. We're in the full bizarre zone of just what is going on. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, before that happens, though, a um another zombie jumps out of nowhere and is like, I'm going to eat your flesh, Jojo. Oh, yeah. And then Bruford, like, teleports next to him and cuts his nose off and is like, get the fuck out of here, two-bit Sam zombie. Fucking casual zombie. What is this? I bet you didn't even have a queen as your friggin' leader. Yeah. We were vassals, we were. I bet you aren't a corrupted hero at all. Where's your backstory, noseless? (laughs) Jojo in the dub is like, I learned about him in school and now he's coming to kill me. That was so strange. He's like, this is so surreal. I learned about him in school and now he's trying to kill me. Oh no, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, yep. Yeah, he's he's remarkably calm for the situation. Yeah. You have to keep calm so you can keep your breathing steady. True. But true. keeping calm won't help you keep your breathing steady much when you're underwater. Oh! How did they get underwater? He struck at him with the secret hair attack and then... That's right, yeah. Also, throughout all this, after uh, Bruford got the right for single combat, Tarkas has just been looming over people. Yeah, Tarkas has been sitting back there going... A lot of looming in the background. Yeah. It's like the sort of reverse of um, how... In early Dragon Ball Z, when Vegeta and Nappa showed up, Nappa was doing all the work and Vegeta was the little guy who just stood there. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm analysing him. My god, you get him. Bruford puts on his scouter. <laughs> yep. So then they go, underwater. Yeah. Ooh, how will he breathe? The other, the other two rush to help, but then Bru- uh, Tarkus looms over them. And they're like, well, I guess yeah. we can't do anything. And I think he, this is when Tarkus draws his giant dagger. Sword. No, it's just like a, it's like it's, a, it's like a great sword. It's relatively small. That's only because he's so big. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tiny, but at the same time, for him, it's probably a dagger. Because they say that Jojo is 195 centimeters tall. Yeah. And that it makes him look like a dwarf. This is the bit that got me. That one section was oddly specific about a number of details. Yeah, that's that's something that happens a few times in this show, where like you get a weird amount of stats about what something is capable of, even though it never comes up. Yeah, it's like 195 centimetres and he's just looming over him with a giant frame. You go, okay, but why did I need to know 195 centimetres? Yeah. Maybe just for the fans so that you all know. Oh, I also got a Speedwagon quote about the Knights when they showed up. Oh? I can read people like a book and these two are full of stories Speedwagon don't want to hear, thank you kindly. (laughs) Thanking everyone. Yeah, that's right. They were full of secrets. That's what freaked him out. Yeah, because he can read people. But these guys, they're full of secrets. (laughs) Dark dudes. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. so they're underwater. Where he can't breathe. They make that Bruford very clear. Bruford can still talk though. Yeah, for some reason they can still hear each other perfectly. Bruford's basically like, I don't need to breathe, but um... But you do. Yeah, but you do, but my arm is weighing me down. So, you know, make a go of it. Maybe it'll be a cool fight. And then Jojo just randomly decides, I'm going like, down. We get a shot of like Jojo, like, he has a realisation. A trickle of lightning shoots across the background and... <laughs> And he's, the narrator he's, tells us that as death threatened to take Jojo, his explosive inner reserves awaken. That's right. And then he gets that flashback of his dad. He realises that instead of swimming up to try to get to air and avoiding Bruford, he should swim down. Going against all intuition yeah. and knowledge and so breathing. His reasoning is that... Um, well, it used to be a coal mine. Two points of reasoning. Yeah. First is that it used to be a coal mine, so there should be pockets of trapped air. Which, you know, makes some sense. It makes more sense than the, the other bit before. of the reasoning is that, you know that his you dad taught him a lesson about raising dogs. Your dog isn't giving you your toy gum. 
because you're trying to resist him. If you just let him have it, maybe he'll give it to you, yeah. which he does. So clearly, the water, which is resisting him, giving him air, maybe if you go deeper into it, it'll give you air. Oh, yeah, that's actually surprising, like a heron metaphor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it was a dog. Yeah. This is not a dog. Also, dog's water. Not right. sentient at all in any way. I really liked the way they composed that shot. We had Jonathan swimming down in the foreground, and then in the background there was a sort of silhouette of him playing tug of war with Danny and Jonathan and George's head speaking. And then as it transitions to a shot from behind Jonathan as he's reaching the floor of the lake, you still see the gun that Danny dropped falling yeah. in the shot. And then it sort of just fades away. Back and just yeah, it's good. So he reaches the reaches the, the the lake floor, and because he can even lift this rock now, <laughs> um, he lifts up a big old rock, and uh, a big old gust of air shoots out, and thus he breathes it in. How do you, can you breathe pockets of air that oh, are freely yeah, moving yeah. underwater? Well, I mean, they did it in Sonic, so of course you can. <laughs> um, I think it is theoretically possible to just catch air and then breathe it in. Okay, interesting. Um, it's sort of like if you're uh, if you have like a boat, right? And it's got enough pressure to just hold some air in it. You can just go in there and breathe the air. So it's sort of the same principle. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's bubbles here. If I just have a big enough If I just bubble. make sure that all the bubbles are... If I just breathe in the bubbles and not the water, yeah, should be all good. And I guess since he has breathing powers, he'd be well equipped to do yeah, that. Yeah, he should be able to breathe quite well if he's been training how to breathe. Yes. <laughs> but the thing that gets me is that those bubbles would just... I mean, they sort of erupt, don't they? Yeah. So it's a giant heaving bubble. So he should be able to breathe in it okay... But what's he going to do after the bubble? What he's going to do is he's going to use that single breath to fill his body with Hamon. And he re- he explains that because water re- uh, conducts it really well, because that's how you see the ripples that oh, it gets yeah. its name for, he's just going to fuck up <laughs> Bruford. He's just going to get in there. He uses the underwater turquoise overdrive. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed there's no... Third um, colour. Third colour, everyone. I don't know when this band was around, but I don't, I'm disappointed there was no Bachman-Turner Overdrive. The what? You know the band Bachman-Turner Overdrive? Bachman-Turner Overdrive? Yeah. No? What have they done? I'll quickly look it up. 1972 Canadian band. Maybe that's the final Overdrive. Oh, they did uh, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Oh. Oh, did they? Yeah. Maybe that's what Overdrive actually comes from originally, then. I mean, I guess it's possible. I w- it seems like a very generic yeah. word, though. Yeah. So then... If you just have that overdrive as that, like, being the reference, you could then have, uh, what am I going for here? Like, the you ain't seen nothing yet as the anthological metaphor. So it's like, oh yeah, that first part was pretty good, but you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Wait till the next overdrive. You know, yeah, I, I wouldn't commit to that definitely being a reference, but it seems yeah. seems possible. Yeah. Well, the timelines good. match up. So then he just goes in for the punch. And to be continued, sepia. <sighs> so half of the episode was motivation. And then you get to the end, you go, oh, wait, all the episode was just motivation. Well, Dio had to come and clam on them for a bit yeah. to exa- establish that he was a credible threat to swipe the ripple. Mm. And he's building a zombie army. Yep. But at the same time, holy bull, so much motivation. <laughs> There's so much exposition, but it's all good exposition where it's all relating to why they're doing anything. Yeah. And then as soon as one punch happens, they're all going, what happens if this happens? What if he's this guy? What if I'm the bad guy? There's a lot of questions as well. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to try punching me? Are you going to try kicking me? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I'll just freeze you again. And then they go to do another thing. They're going, wait, I didn't expect that. You know, Zapelli gets a really bad leg wound in this episode that doesn't really affect his movement at all. Mm. When he's like, Jonathan's touching Dio. He's going to kill him now. I have to save Jonathan, even at the expense of my own body. And he tries to kick him. 
and then Dio like sticks his fingers through his kneecap. That's right, and sort of explodes. Does that count as a vampire bite? Ooh, actually, that's a good question because that doesn't come up in any regard. But yeah, no. Well, is Dio sucked anything out of him? No. Okay, then I guess it's just a normal bite with fingers. <laughs> with fingers. Yeah. All just right. A uh, giant motivation episode. Yeah. Roundabout. Um, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. Actually, it's got some great bits. What in the end credits? Or just in general? Just in general. Ooh, shit. Okay. Uh, but uh, first, before that, highlights, lowlights. Ooh, okay. Mm. I haven't actually been thinking this one through. No, nor have I. Well, here's the thing. That entire Dio fight was quite interesting. But I think when we went back in time to see Tarkus and Bruford's, like, motivations. Yeah. That was good. I'm going to... Damn good. I'm going to go with just Dio his presence in the episode because he's just he's so arrogant it's just really entertaining to watch oh it's so good and just whenever he talks whenever yeah. he friggin opens his mouth a sense of sense of dignity and superiority that just pervades everything he does and he's there going suckers I could kill you but I've got shit to do bye <laughs> doesn't even do anything apart from block dudes and then goes oh well you're all beneath me then later uh, low lights um Probably poker. Yeah, I just really don't like yeah, poker. Yeah, I don't like him because nothing happened with him. He just sort of tried stealing stuff and then they're like, what's your name, poker? He does some stuff later, but I don't like him. I just I hate any child character in any sort of Japanese show because they're always the same. They're always, what? I'm so innocent. Yeah, they're and always yeah. innocent. Part four is almost entirely about oh, teenagers, but they're cool. Okay, as long as they're cool teenagers. Well, Jonathan's only 19 as well, isn't he? Oh my god, he's only 19? Yeah. He was only 19. Oh my god, he was... Like in that song about the Anzacs. <laughs> Or, uh, what is it, Michael Caine in that one film, when the girl dies. It's like a bank heist film, they accidentally kill a girl or something. And then he just goes, she was only 16. She was only 16. And it's just any time you hear someone say, they were only 19. Okay, right. Yeah, you just go, they were only 19. They were only tangerine. Nicholas. Oh no. Oh no. What do you think is going to happen next on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, Phantom Blood? Phantom Blood. Phantom Blood? We've been over this, that's what it's called. Okay, uh, well, I reckon, in my astute observations, Dio's still going to be making his army, but we might see some army making this time. So, uh, actually, no. We did see a bit of that this episode. Yeah, uh, maybe... I mean, like, directly him making zombies. Yeah, we, le- we learned he can summon the undead. Yeah, we learned that he can summon... Which is new. Undead. Yeah. Uh, maybe we won't see him do that then. Maybe it'll just be these two fighting, and then it'll be Bruford underwater, and Speedwagon, and Zapelli on the ground fighting Tarkus. And they'll probably deal with Bruford first, and then go to Tarkus, and then go, but where's Jojo? And then he'll already be out of the water, still holding Poco. (laughs) He's already put Poco down. Yeah, even though Poco was put down. At one point in this episode, he told Poco to run away, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we're just going to meet Poco again, and he's going to be like the guy that comes down on Bruford's head or something and cuts off his hair. Oh, I would hate that. Yeah, because then it would give him legitimacy. We don't want that. Uh, I don't even have a legitimate reason to dislike him, really. I just find him kind of irritating. Well, I think anytime you watch an anime and there's that novel child in the background, you go, oh, we know what's going to happen with him. Like in um, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, I think it was, where that one kid who's like, starts with a C, Chico. His name's Chico, and he's just this little shitty kid that they're taking care of. He's like the Poco of Metal Gear Solid. And he's just... He sits there going, oh, I want to be just like you, Snake. He's like, you don't, you don't want to stop, stop that. Yeah, it's not great. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's very, because anything with a kid in Japanese culture, like entertainment stuff, 
you're always like, oh, we know where this is going. It's going to be going to be the innocent kid. He's going to be like, oh, but I always wanted to be this when I grew up. Just like you, the role model. And you're like, stop being a little shit. Grow up for your own sake. Like, um, sort of that kid from Gurren Lagan, Simon. I never watched that show. Ooh, interesting. Okay, all right. All right, okay. Okay. That's the one with the drills and the mechs. Oh, yes. A lot of drills. Okay. Ooh. There's, then the movie they made, it just went from kind of okay, okay, you know, logical steps to we're now going to fight on galaxies and those are going to be our platforms. Interesting. And you're going, okay. So they some, fight like... some real escalation. Yeah, they fight like the gods of creation huh. because they rejected the spiral of the drill. So then they made, I think it was like the ring or something. And they just went, we rejected spirals because we rejected creation. So now we're our own dudes. We're hollow. We don't believe in life. Oh, they're hollows. They have to consume the souls of the living or succumb to the dark side. Yeah, they're like blank figurines that just sort of attack each other. Crazy anime bullshit. Yeah. So one of the things I like about this, and I think you're probably on the money with your prediction with, is that the fights are all very brief. Yeah. So... I mentioned to you offhand before we started recording that in last episode with the Jack the Ripper fight, basically the two stages of that, the Zappelli versus Jack and the Jojo versus Jack, basically each part only had basically one exchange of one punch. attacks in it. There was one punch in the entire Jack the Ripper fight with Jojo. Well, there was also a knee. I suppose there was a knee, yeah. Well, the thing, all I remember is the giant yeah. thing where he's <laughs> flying past on this giant thing. Murder comb. Yeah, a murder comb. And then there's one punch, and then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. As he's like, Ooh. This episode also ended on a punch. It did. Maybe, oh, maybe the next episode will end on a punch. I can't remember. Actually, no, I'm going to say right now, it won't. Okay. That's my prediction. It will not end on a punch. I also think that Speedwagon is going to be a lot more exposition heavy. Or a lot more proxy heavy, rather. Where he's going to go, what's Zapelli doing? With- oh, I see what he's doing. He's using the ripples in this way. Right, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure next episode has, like, my favourite slash dumbest use of the ripple in part one. <laughs> Is it going to be Zapelli going, but we can use the light from the moon? Not quite. No. Oh, okay. You'll see. It's. Is it going to get real dumb? Yeah. I'm excited for that, though. This, okay, if it gets dumber, I'll be happier because so far we've gone from somewhat real. Actually, in fact, to... I think I think next episode has the dumbest moment of part one, my least favourite moment of part one, and also the hypest moment of part one. <laughs> the hypest moment yeah, of part one. It gets so hype. Look forward to it. Okay, all right. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Maybe Poco, I don't think Poco's going to get very useful. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I could ever possibly predict from what we've seen in this episode. Probably not. Those are my predictions so far. Okay. Do we have any other segments on this show that I can't remember? The counts, but I don't think we've had any more dead dogs or... Okay, we got two undead knights, though. We got two undead knights, yep. One air bubble. One annoying kid. Oh, God. How many more annoying kids Three colours of overdrive. Yeah, we've had three colours so far. Blue, scarlet, and sunny yellow. Sunny D. Sunny drive D over... Estus flask. We actually have an iTunes review that I want to shout out to. you the real MVP, yeah, random um, iTunes guy. Read it out because that would be self-indulgent. <laughs> but He said we were great. <laughs> and he said we're the best no, podcast no, it, was, it, was, it was a very kind review. I want to thank um, YouTube uh, American iTunes user Aquium, I think you pronounce it. It's A-Q-W-E-O-M-E. I don't think that's a real word. But at the same time, I don't want to belittle his choice no, of words. He's written some lovely things about us and wishes us luck for the show. Yeah. And he points out that um, OP likely stands for opening and ending likely stands... Uh, ED likely stands for ending. But... But also, what? that's a really bad 
<laughs> Not to say you're wrong. Yeah, you're probably right, in fact. Yeah. But that's a really bad um, acronym. Yeah, because that's terrible. It should be E-N, if anything, shouldn't it? <laughs> it should be E-N-D. End. End-ing. <laughs> and then O-P should be O-P-E-N. Open. It, that would, I mean, uh... it's basically the same amount of syllables. <laughs> it is. In fact, it is, isn't it? Yeah, you've just got OP, so you may as well say open. And ending. God, they just say it to sound cool. It's probably a Japanese thing that we it, don't understand. It has to be Japanese. Find it out for us. Aquio. Yeah, we're not going to look into this at all because <laughs> I, I don't care about it. <laughs> but th- thank you for the information, though. We're above that, like Dio. We're the real douchebags. <laughs> you think I, the pinnacle of creation, will be concerned with Japanese title card acronyms? <laughs> you think that we would be concerned with Japanese wording? How many animes have you eaten in your life? How many pieces of bread did you eat this morning? I haven't eaten today, actually. I'm quite hungry. Yeah, so am I. But that's not that's not what we're here for. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, if you like the show, uh, you can email us at jojosworld at gmail.com. I still haven't set up a Twitter, but I might. Who knows? Who knows? You know. Yep. As far as it goes. And uh, like Aquium, if you like it, um, please hit us up on iTunes, the rating review, because that's how you help new people find it. And as a niche subject, I think we need a sort of Work as hard as we can to help people find it. If we're shit, let us know that we're shit. Yeah, well, I'm always open to constructive criticism. And just me, I'm open up to being like, how dare you? How dare you? I think that's all we have. Yeah, all right. Um, We don't have a signature sign-off, so... I mean, we haven't gotten up to the point where we can make a... What is it? A stand? Or what is it? Like, that that thing that's not Hamon. I don't know what you're talking about. The the thing that comes after Hamon, because Hamon got ridiculously OP in your eyes. No, that doesn't ring any bells. Anyway, we don't have anything that we can say that relates to Jojo. Maybe until next time, don't be Dio. Don't be Dio. Don't be a Dio. It was me, Dio. Ugh. (laughs) The worst. Bye, guys. Bye. Welcome to Jojo's World After Dark. I'll be your host, Sexy McBee. Ugh. Ugh, no. I'll be your host... Thresh make threshold. <laughs> Just to make sure everyone knows, Thresh is cool. I'll be your host, Ramface McDoggins. <laughs> That's what they call me. After dark. Okay. One two one two one. Hello hello hello. That's not very uh, after dark of you, Liam. Hmm. That seems extremely quiet. I wrote th- I wrote this note like two weeks ago. It just says Poco fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>